0: Hello, and welcome to Device Week, the weekly podcast of MedTech Insight. I'm Editor Reed Miller, and with me today is Managing Editor, Marion Webb. So Marion, this week you were writing about a new draft recommendation on screening for colorectal cancer that could have a significant impact on physicians, payers, and patients, What can you tell us about that?
1: Last week, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force issued a new recommendation to lower the age of routine colorectal cancer screening to age 45 instead of starting at age 50 to encourage more physicians to offer earlier screening And also to create more awareness about the importance of screening to the general population, colorectal cancer is the third leading cause of death in the United States, and early detection is really critical to saving lives.
0: Yeah, and it's a disease that is affecting younger people as well. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's true. So according to the American Cancer Society, the burden of colorectal cancer is shifting toward younger Americans. And it is a disease that's also disproportionately affecting black men and women. Many Americans still mourn the death of actor Chadwick Boseman, who played the character T'Challa in the movie Black Panther, and he was also playing the baseball player Jackie Robinson in the movie 42. He battled colon cancer privately for years until his untimely death this year, and he was only 43 years old. And the panel noted in its recommendations that early screening can help prevent more people from dying. It's also important to note that when people think of screenings, they typically think of colonoscopies, uh, which requires intensive preparation, before you actually go in and do the procedure which is also invasive and typically done in an outpatient setting. But the panel also recommended stool tests which are at-home tests that a doctor can prescribe. For the story I interviewed an executive at Exact Sciences which markets the at-home test Cologuard and this test is already FDA approved for average risk individuals starting at age 45. So if the recommendations become finalized, it would mean that doctors and payers would follow the new guidelines starting in 2021. And having that payer support would significantly increase the value for Cologuard, um, according to Mark Stenhouse, who is the general manager for Exact Sciences screening business.
0: So where does that issue stand right now?
1: So the draft report has been published online for public comment, and uh, you can provide comment until November 23rd, and then the task force will develop its final recommendations. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But now over to you, Reid. You've been covering the latest round of sales and earnings report for medical device companies for the third quarter of 2020. What have you seen so far?
0: All right. So the second quarter was obviously a very bad quarter for most sectors of the medtech industry, except for diagnostics and a couple of things like diabetes. Um, and and some devices that are obviously used specifically for COVID-19 patients like ECMO or ventilators. Now, early in the quarter when the pandemic first started, that's early in the second quarter when the pandemic first started, most hospitals stopped doing almost everything but treating COVID patients, at least for a few weeks. And a lot of patients just didn't wanna to go to the hospital for fear of virus, so they postponed their procedures. But starting in the late spring and early summer, the hospitals gradually figured out how to reschedule all of those procedures and the device companies were helping them do that. And in some cases, the hospitals also found that maybe they just didn't need as much capacity for COVID-19 patients as they thought they were gonna to have to have, so they were able to start doing their normal procedures again. Now, that may turn around in the next coming months. Uh, We're seeing case volumes and hospitalizations are way up in a lot of places, especially in the U.S. But so far, it looks like hospitals are really figuring out ways to move more procedures out of the hospital, which is accelerating a trend that began long before COVID and is likely to continue after, and just otherwise find a way to make sure everyone's taken taken care of. Now, a lot of those procedures, it turns out, that they postponed are really not postponable Uh, at least not for very long. And there's evidence, for example, that about 10% of the patients who needed a transcatheter heart valve but postponed it, Uh, in early days of the pandemic, died within a month. Um, So Edwards, for example, reported that their revenue was actually up 4% year over year in the third quarter compared to the the same period of last year. It's not as much as they had hoped for at the beginning of the pandemic, but that was 25% up sequentially over the second quarter. And that just is all reflective of their sales of the Sapien-3 transcatheter aortic valve, which bounced back strongly in the quarter because patients realized, and their doctors realized, that they just cannot defer it And Edwards was able to help a lot of hospitals catch up with their backlog of scheduled cases. Of course, Edwards is the leader in that space, and that is the biggest growth driver for Edwards. So that was a huge undertaking for Edwards, and it worked out pretty well. Now, Boston Scientific, which is another cardiovascular device company that we cover quite a bit, didn't quite show year-over-year growth overall during the third quarter, uh, except for in China, but they still show dramatic sequential growth in all regions, and all parts of their business, that so they're very optimistic they'll be able to get back to growth by the end of the year or in early 2021.
1: What about orthopedics? Those procedures are more often deferable or elective and usually not as urgent as the sort of cardiovascular procedures Edwards and Boston Scientific focuses on, right? Right.
0: So there's been a lot of recovery in those kind of procedures too, actually. Uh, Stryker, reported last week that they've seen a V-shaped recovery in the second and third quarter with sequential growth around 30% and year-over-year growth about 3.3%, despite some noticeable pressure on prices across all their product lines. So it appears that hospitals are finding ways to reschedule these orthopedic procedures, and they also noticed a resurgence in event-driven business, like d- devices for stroke or trauma, things that, I guess, went down in the early part of the pandemic, uh, possibly because patients just didn't want to go to the hospital or because you know there were fewer people on the road, so fewer car accidents. It's unclear exactly um, why those things that are obviously extremely urgent went down, um, but anyway, they've come back. Now, Striker also found that they had a lot of success selling big capital equipment, especially their Mako surgical robot, despite the pandemic, which has really put a strain on hospitals' budgets. So it's a little bit surprising maybe that they're doing so well selling these kind of big expensive things. But apparently, uh, just enough of the hospitals are seeing the long-term value of investing in something um, like robotic surgery. And that's you know been a, a very successful product for Stryker over the last couple of years. So that's just continuing that trend. Now, analysts have suggested that this also bodes well for the whole orthopedic sector, and we're going to find more about that pretty soon. Uh, Zimmer Biomet will report their results later this week. They also have a... Um, surgical orthopedic robot. Of course, all this is going to change potentially. Uh, All the companies that we've heard from are cautioning that the situation with COVID-19 is very fluid. Cases are surging again in a lot of places, as I mentioned before, but they seem to be fairly confident that it's not going to go back to being as bad as it was a few months ago, at least in terms of the volume of these non-COVID procedures, which is good for them, of course, and it's also very good for all these patients that need these
1: procedures. Thanks. That's obviously an enormously important story right now. Thanks for that Reid. You can read all about these topics and a lot more at medtechinsight.com. Right now, we have a lot of news from Europe regarding the scramble to prepare for the new medical device regulations there. There's news from the U.S. related to the election, of course, and how that impacts both the medtech industry and the handling of the pandemic. We have a few articles about noteworthy recent product launches and other R&D news and a lot more. On the site, you'll see a link to the beta version of the new Med Device Tracker Dashboard, which provides an easy way to see all kinds of data and information on different MedTech markets, trials, forecasts, and upcoming catalysts and events. So definitely explore that when you can. You can follow us on Twitter at MedTech underscore insight. I'm at MedTech Marion, that's M A R I O N. Read is at MedTech Read with two E's. Thanks for listening and have a great week.